Hello and welcome to the BNP Paribas Wealth Management Podcast. I'm Charlotte de Carpasson. People have ups and downs. Some people are morning people, some prefer the afternoon. Markets are driven by people. So unsurprisingly, we also observe cycles of sentiment in the financial markets. Investor sentiment is an important measure of how investors are feeling, ranging from very optimistic to very pessimistic. Recently, collective sentiment has been depressed for obvious reasons. Edmund Shing, Global Chief Investment Officer at BNP Paribas Wealth Management, is here with me to discuss this. Hello, Edmund. Hello, Charlotte. Edmund, could you please start by defining investor sentiment? Well, investor sentiment is typically done by surveys and measures aggregate sentiment, i.e. how investors are feeling. These can be either individual investors, i.e. retail investors, or professional investors, such as money managers. Typically, they're measured on a scale from 1 to 100 or minus 50 to plus 50, something like that. And the extremes are either extreme pessimism, which would be at the low end of the scale, like the zero or the minus 50, all the way to the high end of the scale, like plus 50 or plus 100, which would be the most optimistic point of the scale. And this is what, when we talk about bullish or bearish, this is what we mean. Extreme bullishness would be the extreme optimism at the top of the sentiment scale. Extreme bearishness would be this lowest, most pessimistic point in terms of sentiment at the bottom of the scale. So when we talk about investor sentiment, that's what we're talking about. Hang on, Edmund, that doesn't make sense to me. Don't analysts and professional investors focus rather on business performance, economic data and fundamental value. So why should they even bother to look at investor sentiment? Well, investor sentiment is important for several reasons. The first obvious point to make is that nothing is ever certain in life or in the financial markets. So when we look at the economy or companies, we're making forecasts. We are predicting effectively what's going to happen in terms of earnings, profits, GDP, inflation, and so on. But we don't know. Nothing is certain. There is still always a residual element of uncertainty. And the further out you try to forecast, the greater this uncertainty. So the uncertainty always exists. And that gives rise to the ability of investors to either become optimistic to be optimistic, i.e. to have very optimistic forecasts for more growth, faster growth in the future, or pessimistic, lower growth, less growth, or even recession in the future. And it's this view or this uncertainty around these forecasts that creates the ability of investors to be optimistic or bullish or pessimistic or bearish. And that has an immediate impact on their forecasts and therefore on what happens to financial markets like the stock market can drive it up or drive it down. So you mentioned bullish and bearish. Can you just explain more about what these terms mean and specifically what indicators measure investor sentiment? Well, as I said, there are a number of surveys that exist. Just to list a few for individual investors, there is the American Association of Individual Investors, for one, and they have what they call their bull bear survey done weekly. For professional investors, there's one called the Investors Intelligence Sentiment Survey, which is, again, done regularly, but measures the sentiment amongst professional money managers, not, not individuals. And then there are composite measures of sentiment, which look at different measures in the financial markets to try to gauge the average level of bullishness or bearishness. For instance, the CNN Money Fear Greed Index. Now, all of these measure the average bullishness or bearishness across investors, What does that mean? As I said, are they optimistic for the future of stocks, of the economy, or are they very pessimistic? Do you expect low or no growth going forward? And that is what I mean. When you're bullish, we tend to be very optimistic. But when people on average are bearish, then there's obviously pessimism tends to reign in the financial markets. 
looking at historical data, what can we learn? I mean, do you see a pattern? And on the basis of data, should we be able to anticipate future trends? When we look at historical data, we actually observe something quite interesting, which is that contrarian investing at extremes in sentiment tends to work. That is when, for instance, everyone's very optimistic, it's usually a poor time to invest in the stock market. And if anything, probably a better time to be thinking of taking profits in the stock market and reducing your exposure. Conversely, when everyone is very pessimistic, when uncertainty is very high, and that is reflected in a low valuation and lower level of financial markets, such as we've seen today, for instance, just a note that if you look at the AAII investor survey, that hit a low on the 24th of February at minus 30. That's a very low reading. In fact, the lowest reading for eight years. At that point, a contrarian strategy would suggest it's a good time, statistically speaking, to buy. Now, of course, that's interesting because psychologically, it's probably the toughest time for an investor to buy because you're telling an investor to buy when uncertainty is at its peak. And therefore, when people generally don't want to invest because no one likes to invest at times of uncertainty. But statistically speaking, that has proved to be a very good strategy over the long term. On the 24th of February, investor sentiment hit a low since 2015, at minus 30 in the American Association of Individual Investors survey. But how do we know that the index won't fall again at some point in the near future? Well, quite frankly, Charlotte, we don't. You can never say for sure that that is the case. But as you said, minus 30 is an extremely low reading. So chances are that we continue to rebound in terms of sentiment and that financial markets tend to follow that. As I said, you never know for sure, Charlotte. Minus 30, however, is an extremely low reading, the lowest reading, as I said, for eight years. So it tends to recover closer to zero or go positive over the sort of subsequent weeks and months. And financial markets will tend to follow that if that turns out to be the case. But you cannot be sure, because there are so many uncertainties right now around what happens, for instance, between Russia and Ukraine, what happens with the rate of inflation, what happens, therefore, to the rate of economic growth, both globally, but particularly in the US at a time when, for instance, the central bank, the Federal Reserve, has just raised interest rates. So there are a lot of uncertainties. Nothing is ever sure. But statistically speaking, again, aside from one exception to the rule of late, which was in mid-2008, where being a contrarian at a time when the survey was very low did not work, but apart from that period in 2008, which was, a, remember, in the teeth of an incredibly deep recession, the global financial crisis, aside from that, this strategy has worked well in the past. What is a good way to invest when sentiment is very low and when clearly investors are not willing to buy stocks and shares? Well, clearly what you're trying to do is find a way to buy upside exposure to the stock market over the long term, while protecting yourself against potential volatility and downside in the short term, i.e. you don't want to feel the pain in the short term before feeling the gain in the long term. Now, one interesting way to do that is via something we call structured products, which use derivatives as ways to basically allow investors to get some of the upside in stock markets, not 100%, but some, but with the benefit of being protected from all or at least most of any downside. So in other words, if you buy what we call a capital guaranteed product, that is something that says, look, you're going to put, give your money to us for a fixed period of time, let's say five years or seven years, a relatively long period of time. And at the end of that time, if stock markets have fallen, you will definitely get all of your money back. And if stock markets have risen, you will get your money back and you'll get a portion of the rise in stock markets, not 100%, something less than 100%, 
but you'll get a good portion of the rise over that period as well. So you will benefit if stock markets rise, but if stock markets fall over this long period, you will not suffer. Another version is what we call a partially capital guaranteed product, which is, again, gives you maybe more upside to the stock market, but where you do accept a very limited amount of downside. So you might say over the span of time, five or seven years, whatever the span of the product is, the maximum loss might be 5%. So whatever happens, you cannot lose more than 5%. If you put in 100 euros, you will at least get back 95 euros for sure. But you will conversely, if markets go up, get more of the upside. So we find these structured products with capital guarantees or partial capital guarantees to be an excellent product at exactly this time when volatility and uncertainty remain so high and when when investors still remain worried about potential further falls in the short term in the stock market. Ed Mishing, thank you very much. And a big thank you to our audience out there listening to this podcast. Please like, share and subscribe to our weekly podcast by searching for BNP Paribas Wealth on any podcast provider such as Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict or Spotify. <laughs>